God gives us one piece at a time because it's a relationship and we have to, it is out of his mercy that he keeps us dependent on waiting for the next piece. Mm -hmm. Because again, the most important thing is not where you're going. It's who you're going with. God is not, it's not about the destination. It's about the relationship with the person that you were going through it with. And so again, just like he says to the disciples, come and see, we discover as we just get up and go. Welcome back to Advent Next. I am so excited to share the second half of this conversation with Dr. Heather Thompson Day on her upcoming book, It's Not Your Turn. There are some powerful points today about showing up with everything we have, even when no one is clapping, along with the importance of personal integrity and the wisdom in never praying for power. I hope you find this talk motivational and inspiring. You can follow Dr. Heather Thompson Day on Facebook or Instagram at I'm That Wife, or follow her directly at her personal handle at Heather Thompson Day. We want to thank the Adventist Learning Community for making this program possible. If you're not already following us on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, be sure to find us at the handle at Advent Next. I'm your host, Kendra Arsenal, and this is Advent Next. Getting back to your, your new book. Um, it's not your turn. So you're taking us through this journey of like how this book was born. Uh, basically, you know, this thing, your blogs, everything blowing up kind of in one year. Um, and God giving you the story through the agony of it all. Uh, that That is finally going to be, you know, the message that a lot of people need to hear, right? Um, so what were some of the lessons that God was teaching you? Like I know you were saying you weren't the person then that you needed to be for God to bless you? What was that person like? And who is the person that you're supposed to be that God can bless you now? And I'm not like the type of person that says God is one size fits all, right? So take it or leave it, what I will share with you. Because I've noticed just between me and my husband, God treats us differently um, in the, in the things that he tries to work out in us. My husband's very, very, very introverted. So Mm -hmm. often God wants him to do something for himself. And that is what often God calls, he pushes him in situations where Seth has to do something for himself. For me, I'm the opposite. I was querying publishing companies in sixth grade. So what God (laughs) has wanted me to do is to step back and be still and believe that he can handle my life and that he can get me where I need to go without me believing that I can do it better. That's been a big struggle for me is control. Mm. So I, the lessons that God has taught me is to trust him. And I'm still, I'm still having to remind myself that God can be trusted depending on what circumstance I find. The other thing that God has taught me too is, is that the most important thing that I'll ever do is have relationships. That is not my natural personality. I'm an Enneagram three. So we're achievers. The most important thing for us is that we are successful. And so I think success was my God and God has really put me, especially like in the, so if I got a a call to go speak in New York, I have kids, I have three kids. It, I almost always took every call I got because I believed that if I missed it, that could have been the one that changed my life. And so I was often not prioritizing my family in the way that now I really see, oh my goodness, I had it all wrong. Mm. And so now I don't take, I mean, I, I've had a call just recently to go speak in England and they even said, we'll pay for your, I, I said, I'm not going to go. They said, okay, we'll even pay for your husband's ticket. And I still, I'm not going to go. 
I'm not going to leave my kids. And I'm in a position now where I believe I'm in such a great space because not only, so, Hey, that's not for me right now. Cause I have three little kids. Yeah. But can I recommend to you this awesome person who is in a position to take this call? And this call could be a really awesome stepping stone for their career. Let me do that. Let me recommend to you three other women I know who do this and will be just as awesome. And this has been a blessing in my life to stop going through life thinking that if I don't, if I, I, I don't know how many other people go through life like I do, but feeling like if I missed this opportunity, I could have missed everything. Hmm. I don't live in this space anymore of lack. I used to live in a space that said, Heather, if you miss this, you could miss everything. Hmm. And now I think I'm, I really believe that God is good. Hmm. I really believe that it doesn't matter what I do. He's going to take me where I need to go. I may delay my trip, but he's going to take me there if that's his will for my life. And I'm not going to interfere with it. I love that because you know, especially if you've delayed your trip a little bit, you start to think, God, is this, did I mess this up so bad that this is, I'm, we're just never going to get there. I'm going to die in the wilderness. <laughs> no, no, we live under mercy. And that's the other thing that God has really revealed to me about himself is, and I don't know who taught me this. It wasn't my parents. So I don't know if it was church school or what, where I got this picture that if you mess up, Heather, I'm done with you. And I'm going to take your anointing and give it to somebody else. That's how I saw God. And so I served him very much out of fear of losing my perceived success. And now I serve him very much out of a place of wholeness. And you know what? And I say this to God all the time. If having a best-selling book would change my brain or change my relationship with my husband or change me with my kids in a bad way, I don't want it. Mm. The old Heather would have never said that. Wow. I would have said, I can handle it. No, that you're wrong. You know, now I'm like, no, I don't, there's nothing more important to me than God. There nothing. Hmm. And that doesn't mean I won't be sad, but I, Lord, I will pick you every single day of the week over any opportunity that somebody could throw my way. Hmm. And can I just tell you guys, it is the best, it is the most peaceful place to live in a hmm. place of abundance, a place of believing that God has so much more than I could even think to ask, except it's going to be right for me. Right. Right. Where in that journey? Okay, so did you get to this place, you know, before the big breakthrough, or was it like along the way of that journey? Like, at what point did you just say, like, I'm content, God? You know, whether it's one subscriber or a hundred thousand, I'm good. In all honesty, probably about four years ago, hmm. I remember having this moment with God where I felt like God was saying, Heather, you keep living your life. You keep living life as if it's really going to start when you get there. Mm. And what you don't understand is that your life has to start here. Here's the thing. Yeah. Anybody would talk about God or preach about God or purport God when everybody's clapping for them. Yeah. God is looking for some people who will stand up when nobody cares. If you, God is looking for some people to hit the podcast light on button when nobody's listening. Yeah. <laughs> Those who are faithful with few. And, and, and I used to think that this was just like a, um, a, like a nice thing to say. And now I really believe, no, this is how God works. There's a process and we have to be faithful. You find me somebody in scripture who got to the product before a process. You won't find anybody. Hmm. Scripture, when God calls you, he's not calling you to this awesome, amazing mountaintop experience. What he often calls people to is a process of sanctification that looks like showing up when nobody asks you to show up. 
and nobody's clapping and nobody cares and keep showing up for me in this space. Heather, I want you to get up and, and speak to these three kids mm. as if this is the most important thing that you'll ever do. And I'm telling you, and I hope people will believe me when I say this, when I started living my life this way, and it wasn't glamorous because nobody cared, right? <laughs> right. When I started saying, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to try to like treat my Twitter as if it matters for these hundred people who are following me, because for them, it does matter. These are people. Yeah. And I'm going to speak in my class as if it's a lecture at Notre Dame, because these are 15 kids at Andrews University and this matters. It matters to them. So let me be faithful with what God has actually given me and stop living in a place that's not even happening yet. And when I did that, my life changed and it wasn't glamorous, like overnight, everything is awesome. It was a slow, gradual changing of me. Mm. And as he changed me, I believe that there came a day that all of a sudden in for me, it was overnight. He changed my circumstances. Wow. I love that. I do. I do. Cause like I said, I think there's so many people right now who are stuck at home, you know, COVID has taken over their life. They're reevaluating their priorities. They're getting back into some of the, their creative endeavors and they're just sitting and thinking, okay, God, like I'm going to maybe follow a dream that I never thought I would follow. And what does that process look like? I think for myself particularly, I think I have always done what I thought was practical and I've never done say, I'm going to follow the wild, crazy dream that I'm going to pour a hundred percent into, uh, whether I fail or whether I succeed like this, I'm going for it. Right. And I'm in a place in my life now where I'm like, I want to do that for the first time in my life. No matter how crazy it is, like I want to pour myself into this and if it doesn't succeed, fine. But at least but I, at least then I it's give okay, it right? Right. Because I trust God enough to let me fail and I, I trust you to still be good. And the truth and is like, even if I do fail, Will I really give up? Probably not, right? Like I'm probably going to learn from the lesson and try and do better. Um, but I think that's such an encouraging word of like, you know, especially for creatives who are in that process where they haven't seen the breakthrough, but they're being faithful with what they have every day. So, so. I, I don't think people do see it. But even as you go through scripture, I'm reminded when, when Jesus shows up to two, two disciples and they say, teacher, he says, follow me. They say, teacher, where are you going? Jesus replies, come and see. Mm. He never says to them, I'm going to have this amazing ministry for three years and it's going to change the entire world. He says, come, get up, start walking with me and you'll see. Mm. And it's the, when I read that this last time through in scripture, I said, this is the same God I've been dealing with. My, this is the God I know. Right. Heather, right. come and see. How did you, so, and this is, just, I know I'm asking a lot of questions about this particularly because the question of like, okay, when God says, come and follow me, you know, and he says that to everybody, what does that look like practically? Like for myself, I, I, like I said, I enjoyed writing. I was doing screenplays, writing screenplays since I was 14. Like I love the creative arts, but I never took it to the point of saying, I'm going to make a career out of this. I always thought I need to think practically about how I can make money and how I can live and how I can. And so, and I think that that took me off of my trajectory a little bit. Maybe it didn't, maybe it just expanded my base a bit, but I often think, how do people know when God is saying like, this is what I've called you to be, especially if what you've been called to be hasn't been before. Like maybe you're new, maybe you're going to be pioneering something different. And when you don't have somebody to model yourself after, 
or, uh, you know, how, where did you find your sense of like, I don't know, assurance or were there times that you doubt it? I mean, of course you're just sharing that there were times that you doubted, but how do you, how did you navigate that personally? Yeah. And can, can I tell you, whenever I get to sit down with somebody who I perceive to be extremely like nationally successful, I always ask them this question, did you know? And what I have heard time and time again is no. Hmm. I knew that God was calling me to something I didn't know what, and I couldn't have even dreamed it would be what I'm doing right now. Hmm. So what I'm saying is what I have realized as I talk to people is everybody feels exactly how you feel and how I felt, which is God, you've given me this gift. And now what? God is not, God gives us one piece at a time because it's a relationship and we have to, it is out of his mercy that he keeps us dependent on waiting for the next piece. Mm -hmm. Because again, the most important thing is not where you're going. It's who you're going with. And this is true of all, like even in social science, right? I say this to people when I do seminars at workplaces, the quality of your job is not the job you're doing. It's the people you work with. People who have a best friend at work report, report being like seven times more happier with their job has nothing to do with the job, has to do with who they're with. God is not, it's not about the destination. It's about the relationship with the person that you were going through it with. Wow. And so again, just like he says to the disciples, come and see, we discover as we just get up and go. Cause it's not about us inviting God into our lives. And I really, I'm telling you my entire, and I've, I've been speaking and preaching and teaching for probably about seven or eight years. It has only been in the last three or four years that my whole understanding of who God is has shifted. I used to say, hey, God, you come and see. I'm inviting you onto my journey. Get in the boat. Let's go. <laughs> I love you. I love God. And I did love him. Right. But I was inviting him into where I was going. And about three years ago, I said, you know what? I'm going to stop this nonsense and God, take me where you are going. Hmm. Even if okay. it's not, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if it's not what I had what I had thought would be the destination. And I'm telling you, my life is so much sweeter when it stopped mattering where we were going. Is there value though? And like, and, and this is just all me asking for help, right? I want to know, like, is there value in, in trying to craft a vision for yourself and saying, okay, I don't know where we're going. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I need I'm, I'm personally, I'm somebody who like, I need the mountaintop. I need to see where I'm going. I want the plans. I want the map quest printout. Like I want to know turn by turn. And so is there value in saying, okay, I don't know where I'm going. So I'm going to make up a destination. Like I'm going to say, okay, if I had to put all of these gifts together and say, how am I going to use them? Maybe I would do this. And you map a little thing out and you're saying, okay, I think I'm going to head in this direction. Like uh, how much planning and how much you know, waiting upon God and listening to him and having him open up doors. Like how do these coexist and how did you manage it? I, I always pray for God to, I, and I've done this for probably the last 10 years said, God, I want you to open the doors that should be opened and close the doors that should be closed and help me to walk into your light. So I'll have like, here's an example. Uh, when I finished my PhD, I wanted, I'm a goal oriented person like you. And so I said, okay, I have now this academic degree. 
I want to start writing for some type of academic publication. And so I started querying, I started praying about it. I said, God, I want you to open the door for me to start writing for some type of academic publication. I queried like Psychology Today, um, Huffington Post, different, different national publications. Nobody responded to me. Mm-hmm. I'm praying this prayer for a couple months. Eventually I stopped praying it because I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's not going to happen. Let's move on. About two months later, I wake up one morning, and this is back when I, again, only had probably a thousand people on Twitter. I wake up one morning, and I had tweeted something and about research that I had read. And, I, and somebody said, where did you get this research from? I said, ah, I'm not sure. I, it's probably the Barna Group, because I read a lot of Barna articles. I wake up in the morning, and the president of the Barna Group, David Kinneman, had seen my tweet and responded and said, Heather, this isn't one of our articles, but I'm also interested in the research. Can you send it to me? whenever you find it. And I am a nerd. So I, I know who David Kinnaman is. Most people, maybe you don't know. I read, I have been reading the Barna group since I was like 14 years old. I love research. The Barna group, by the way, is the largest evangelical researcher in the world. They put together all of the, uh, all the studies about what's happening in the church. Yes. That's David Kinnaman. Okay. Love him. So I went to his Twitter profile and the last post he had posted was the Barna group is looking for writers. Submit. And so I wrote to him and said, Hey, I have a PhD. This is my areas of interest. I would love to um, apply. And he said, hey, yes, yeah, send us your resume. And then from that, I started working for the Barna group. Wow. Wow. Right? So God did bring me the door. And here's what you're going to say about vision. If I had not been praying that prayer of, Hey God, this is what I'd like. I would have never, when I saw his post saying, we're looking for writers, I don't think it would have connected that that was me. Mm. So because I had put that goal, when I saw his post, I said, this is for me. Hmm. This is exactly God what I was praying to you about two months ago. So I absolutely affirm in speaking it and saying, God, here's what I think. And I'm asking you to open these doors and be persistent in these prayers and then wait and see what he does. So I'm not a believer. And and again, this may not be for everybody because I feel like with my husband, it's different for me. God is not requiring me to go knock on all these doors. Mm. For me, God says, Heather, sit your butt down and trust me. Because my natural instinct is to go knock on every door. He doesn't need that of me. What he wants is to trust him to open doors for me that should be opened and to stop trying to push myself through various doors. And I've seen the fruit of this in our relationship. (laughs) This is good. We're good. I have more questions uh, <laughs> uh, for our listeners. <laughs> Not for me. Somebody, uh, Mary from Massachusetts just wrote in. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, when, I, when, I'm, when I'm listening to your story and I'm listening to like, okay, and, and I love what you have to share about like, okay, there, there is a part where, you know, you can have your vision, you can have, you can make your requests. And, you know, put that out there and see what the Lord is going to do with that. Is there a point in your journey where you felt like maybe you were moving too fast, like where you, you weren't mature fruit yet, but you wanted to go, right? And I, sometimes I'm wondering, like, I'm, all, I'm ready to go. I'm always ready to go, right? <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> and sometimes I feel like maybe the Lord's saying, okay, you're not quite ready yet. Uh, the, it, there still needs to be that maturation. How did you deal with that tension? And was that ever there for you? That was absolutely there for me. And, and I think, so I, since I was a kid, I can remember praying, God, use me, God, pick me, 
God use me. And I think it was actually when I started my PhD program, I remember feeling like the Holy Spirit said, you keep asking me to use you. Start asking to be usable. Mm. And so again, it goes back to this understanding that with God, there's a process. And I really personally believe that the process looks like hard work that nobody else cares about. And I say that because at the end of the day, all we have, each of us, is our own integrity. Yeah. More important than anything that we'll ever build. And I, and I, I, want, I want people to really hear me on this because I think it's been very crucial in my life, yeah. is make, making my choices based off my own integrity. Because there are going to be times, and especially as you start to get where you want to go, I can just think in my own life where, I don't even know how to say this, but there, there are people who are at the places probably that people who are listening want to go, especially in the Christian world, who you'll realize very quickly don't have integrity. And what you see online and what you read in the books and what you see in the movies is not the reality of, or maybe it was at one point and power changes them, who knows? Yeah. But I just, more than anything, like I want to be a person of integrity. And so I want to make choices that I know I can stand before my family and God and my children and be honest about, mm. even when nobody's watching. And so I just implore people to make those choices based off integrity now when nobody cares, right? And when the stakes are low and perhaps nobody would even know. Mm make those choices. Cause once there's going to be times, especially if, if all I want is success and publicity and a platform, there are, there will come a time, especially I'm talking to women, there will come a time where there may be men who will offer those things to you mm. and you need to know who you are mm. and know, man, when I get there, do I want to have made even this, what looks like maybe it doesn't seem right. Something doesn't feel right. I don't know if I should be on the phone with this person. We need to know who we are before we ever get into those spaces. Wow. And so I'm saying, when you're saying about mature fruit, sis, we think, I got this figured. I know what I would do. You don't know what you would do until you are in these situations or sitting in these rooms mm. with people that you've admired your whole life, mm. right? So I really think God is looking for a generation of people with integrity. Wow. I love that. And, you know, Integrity is something like you said, it's built and quiet when nobody is watching. Yes, because everybody does the right thing when people are watching. That's what people don't understand. We all think it starts at the mountaintop. It doesn't start there. It ha like literally, I'm not being metaphoric. It has to start right here in the quiet spaces that nobody cares. This is holy ground. This is where God, I think, is even more present and more seen because God's saying, I see you, man. I know what you're doing when nobody else even sees it. <laughs> I saw you, Kendra. And his heart's just pounding like, man, I am so proud. Did you guys see my girl? Nobody else saw she knows mm. everybody wants to do the right thing when people are clapping for you and watching you right. be the person who will do the right thing when nobody cares just because it's who you are. These are, this is the type of generation I think God is going to need to bring to the mountaintop. Right. And I think that, you know, I've been studying a lot through Ecclesiastes and that whole, you know, fear God for this is the whole of man. And fear God really for me is about private accountability, right? Like that, you know, that you're accountable to somebody all the time, you know, whether the eyes are upon you or whether they're not. 
uh, that there is, uh, that it is important, like you said, for even just your personal relationship with the Lord. Because like you said, it's not the destination, it's who you're going with and it's the journey. And so if that relationship is jacked up, you know, like where you're going is not going to necessarily make it better. It can make it worse. So. I think it's in Ecclesiastes too. It says like a fearing God is the beginning of wisdom and to fear God is to keep his commandments. Mm. Right. And we know if we boil down the commandments, it's loving God with all my heart, soul, mind and loving my neighbor as myself. Mm. So who am I when the people around me are getting the calls that I wish I was getting or is getting married to the guy I wish would look at me or having the baby that I'm praying. Who am I in that space? Cause God has called me not just when everybody's listening right. on a podcast to talk nice about these girls or to talk nice about these guys. God is calling me in the quiet of my own home, in the quiet of my own thoughts yeah. to surrender my jealousy and whatever could be hindering me from my relationship to my fellow man, to him. And that's why sanctification is a real daily process mm. that we never stop doing. And I think that that particular test is very personal to God because when we look at the fall, the beginning and the entrance of sin, you know, we see this beautiful archangel um, that was looking at the glory of Jesus and coveting this and saying, why not me, right? And that first question, why not me, was the beginning and the entrance of sin. And what was the entrance of sin for Eve? He, yeah. She would not bite into an apple. She bit into power. Mm. And this is why, I, listen, I did not understand this until the last few years. Never pray. Listen to me, whoever's listening. Never pray for power. Mm. Never pray for exaltation. These are not, I, I promise you, these are not prayers of God. Mm. What you need to pray and what I need to pray is, God, will you be with me and strengthen my hands in this work right here? That's it. God will exalt those who do what? Humble themselves. And you can't fake it with him. Mm. So even in our prayers, and I, I'm just being real with people. I used to pray all the time. God, give me a best-selling book. <laughs> God, I, I need this. If you want to use me in the way I think you can use me, you can't do that unless I have a best-selling book. God doesn't need me to be powerful. God mm. is powerful. He needs people who are committed and surrendered, right, to who he is and to this process and to this journey. And so that's why it's a daily thing where I have to remind myself and say, God, for, forget all of that. I, I went on a walk today and just did this again today. God, forget everything that I think I want for myself. Mm. Just be with me. Let me actually be a blessing to the people that I encounter daily. Let's start there. Yeah. Yeah. I you love think, that. You think if we aren't genuine, committed, surrendered, quiet, humble Christians, you think God's going to sleep on that? Right. You think he's not going to put you in places that he, he, where other people can see it and where it can make an impact? Of course he will. I think there's very few of us who are actually really praying these prayers. At least I can only speak for myself. I know I wasn't always praying these prayers, (laughs) keeping it real. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love him. I love that. And I I think there's that, uh, the whole trust factor, right? Like, do you trust me? Like, really? And, and if I don't give you that, do you still love me? Like, am I still worth it? Right. And so Job, though he slay me yet, shall I trust him? It's not about anything else other than this relationship 
with God. Is that our most prized possession? I think I can't speak for anyone else for myself. It was not. Mm. I said it was, but only for like the last, and I've been publishing books a lot longer than three years. So hear what I'm saying. Yeah. Only in the last three or four years have I really realized, my God, I have been sinning this entire journey against you. Hmm. It's going to make me cry again. Wow. Okay. Conviction. <laughs> yeah. He's so merciful though. He will cover our shame. That's so good. And I love, so it's not your turn. I can't wait for this to come out. I think, it, I think it's spring. Spring. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. And Another Bible story that comes to mind when I think about this is the story of like Joseph testing his brothers by giving Benjamin a double portion, right? Like that's how he knew the repentance was real. He's like, I'm going to bless this person, the least of these, and see how you all respond. And I think that if learning to be in those seasons where God is blessing people around us, and allowing uh, and, and genuinely being joyful for them um, is God's test to say, okay, you're ready. You're ready now. So I'm super excited about this book. That the story of Joseph is my favorite story because Joseph is always in God's favor and yet he's still in a pit. Hmm. It doesn't mean that we're doing anything wrong. Right. And we talked about this in the beginning. There's this thing. I don't know where we get this perception of God to think, if I mess this up, he's, then he'll put me in a pit. Joseph, was, yeah. Joseph wasn't bad. He was still in God's favor. And yet he found himself in a pit, not by his own choices, but by the choices of the people around him each time, right? So what that says is we can be in God's favor and still not experience what the world would say is God's blessing. Mm. But what if the greatest blessing of God is God himself? Mm. Not what you get from him, it's him. So what would you tell someone, what kind of last words, what's your encouragement to someone, and we've said it all throughout this interview, but one last thought on like your encouragement to someone who is going through a season where it's not their turn. My encouragement is to say it actually is your turn Mm. because it starts here. They just don't know it yet, Mm. but it actually is your turn to be the person that God has called you to be and serve in the places that God has called you to serve. And that starts right here. This is holy ground. Well, there it is, folks. I have been blessed to take part in this conversation and I'm walking away with a renewed sense of the importance of giving God all we have, especially when no one is watching. I'm also inspired and motivated by the value of maintaining personal integrity throughout all seasons of life. I want to thank the Adventist Learning Community for making this program possible, as well as our guest, Dr. Heather Thompson Day. You can follow Dr. Day at the Instagram and Twitter handle at Heather Thompson Day. If you're not already following us on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram, be sure to do so at the handle at AdventNext. See you next week.